2: I'm, here, I'm here.
0: Tuesday the final Tuesday for the month of February we've got home runs to talk about we've got spring training games and much more here on PHOI Phillies podcast welcome in everybody hope you are all having a great start to your day Tyler Zuli, Jamie Lynch myself Renee Washington here as we're going to be getting into Whit Merrifield's start with the Phillies uh, between this past weekend and yesterday's homer we'll talk about the results who we, you know, some key takeaways. Plus, we've got to get into some other news around the team, from the bus accident to the updates around Nola, Painter, and then, of course, the latest, who's possibly in on a steal for Mr. Jordan Montgomery. And then, I I guess, guys, I guess, guess that stands. We'll get into that at the end, maybe. Plus, we've got our top five Don't starting me. pitchers. And, yes, we're in the final grouping for guess that stands. So, that being said, who's number one today? Let me scroll up because... Uh, i realized on YouTube there's two different chat views you can have. And our number one person- We're six months old, we're finally getting it. Literally. It is taking the win, Chris, back in that number one spot. Uh, Chris, Ray, I see you guys jumped right in talking a lot. Kim, Mickey, Vince, what's up everybody? Uh, Dave P, Provolone John, make sure I don't miss anybody. Jay, nice to have you here. Sam from England, welcome, nice to have you back. I know you've joined us in the past. Mopar, spiral out. Listen, guys, hit that thumbs up button. It is definitely nearly, it is baseball season, Sam. It is baseball season, guys. Planning to get into, let's start with yesterday's game. And I had a very proud auntie moment. I was telling the guys before the show started, Jersey Cab, what's up to you too, too? My bad, didn't mean to leave you off the hellos. Uh, guys, proud auntie moment yesterday as, you know, my nephew decided to FaceTime me to talk about the Phillies-Red Sox game. Of course, as we know, the Phillies did lose. Um, and I was explaining to him on a walk-off is and how that how they how they lost the game and I was giving him the updates on what happened and he was I can't believe they lost to the Red Sox like it's okay still just spring training I'm not happy either but it's spring training but yeah we've got games we got our the first L but we also got the first home run from Mr. Whit Merrifield in this now in the top of the third down by two runs Whit Merrifield hit a two-run homer Cal Stevenson scores Whit scores his first spring training home run in the Phillies uniform That was one of my positives to take away because it was so great to see Mr. Super Utility Man rounding the bases and doing what we want him to do. All the little things. Um, And that was one of the positive moments, definitely from that game against the Red Sox Monday.
2: Yeah, if you're looking for positives, David Buchanan was not it. I, I think they can just go ahead and, like, oh, I, I mean, gonna I know you need a camp bar, but this guy's not <laughs> going to make the team. Like, he looked like 2015 David Buchanan. Well, I say looks like, but, I mean, I read about him looking like this because, yeah. I you know, look, John in his piece recapping yesterday's game and John's staying in Fort Myers, so if you Ooh. want to follow along, uh, with the action going on, make sure you're following John on Twitter at 2008 Phils, uh, following our account on Twitter, PHLY underscore Phillies. <laughs> he said it in his story yesterday. He did a, a great little write-up recap of the game, and he said this game wasn't available on TV or on any streaming devices. How is this possible yeah. in the year 2024? And when you think about it, Renee, like how many sports channels are on the TV out there? So uh, many. 30? Plus, uh, the internet. I was is, gonna say, depending on the app, limitless. Uh, you have
0: so many apps on top of cable.
2: How can you not get a spring training baseball game in this sports media obsessed country we Man. live in? It's a joke. Like it's yeah. look, you know, most of the guys stayed behind in Clearwater. Most of the vets outside, like Wit and a couple of guys, you know, yeah. like I think Bohm, Harper, and uh, somebody else. Are all making their debut tomorrow? They get the luxury mm-hmm. of the vets of staying back in Clearwater and maybe doing a quick workout and going fishing. Um, you know, usually your guys fighting for jobs are going on these two and a half hour yeah. road trips. But like, still, mm-hmm. I, you, you're telling me people aren't going to watch? It's Look, just- I'm not saying you need to like profit, like uh, you know. Greedily from the airing of a spring training game, Mm -hmm. but it should be streamed on some platform or broadcast in some capacity. I
0: have literally said the same thing about soccer. I said the same thing about baseball. You know, there are. I just cannot imagine NFL seasons getting started. We can't see a preseason game for the NFL, yeah, or the NBA. Like in other sports, you get access. It might not always be mainstream television but it's you can at least access it somewhere just have a streaming
2: camera up there with an okay you know like
0: tyler you're my witness literally deja vu because we said the exact same thing as the for the mls as they were getting their preseason started like all we don't need a nice you know, broadcast no. of three, four, five camera angles. We don't even need play-by-play or, or commentators no. or a sideliner. We don't need any of that. We just, just want a camera, of a camera just showing the stadium, so we <laughs> yeah, can just like, see people on the on the field. That's all we want. Yeah, like I don't think you, it's too much to ask for. If
2: you buy MLB the pass and you know or whatever, you should get access to spring the training. The NBA
0: games. has their and so I and stupid. I okay before I brought cable back and sometimes I'd have to use this, but I was like, hey, it worked. They have their um, rim feed where you are literally just watching that, the game from each basket from the rim. That's fine. And it was perfect perfectly fine. I had the natural sounds of yeah. the arena. Squeak, squeak, no squeak, squeak, I had no broadcasters. Yeah, bounce, I had bounce. the sound of the ball bouncing. <laughs> I had the squeak, shots, squeak. I had the cheers. I had the whistle blowing. And I literally was able to just see the bro- the game from the angle of the rim. And I was like, huh, it works. It was free, it works. Baseball, there's gotta be a way to do it. Yeah, I just but don't as you, understand mentioned, as you mentioned, uh, David Buchanan, not a great day he for stinks. Buchanan. Listen. <laughs> alright let's let's peel this back okay so we know that he hasn't pitched specifically for the phillies since 2015 and in addition to yesterday's performance when as you mentioned not a good day for david uh, <laughs> no. overall finishing with four hits one walk on monday struck out two and his era for the day mm. not good his era finished at a solid are you wait, ready for this mm. if i can find it again Oh, wait, probably would help if I'm on the right team. I switched over to Boston. His ERA for the day, nine ERA. And only one other player, well, a couple players for the Phillies had a worse ERA, one of them kind of Brogdon. But one Which of the things say, that hey, I took get to away, him stinky next. Yeah, we'll talk about his stinky poo-poo day. Uh, one of the things that was interesting that came out after the game as David Buchanan was talking about his performance is he also brought up how in his major league career, he only has two regrets, guys. Two. I don't know what the other one is, and I'm very curious. But you know one of those regrets, that there are three guys on the Phillies roster that he's played against in Major League Baseball, Zach, JT, and Bryce. And back September 2015 at Citizens Bank Park, he threw a a pitch, a wild pitch at Bryce Harper. It sailed behind Harper's back. Harper then hit a home run, and and he still remembers that day. And he was like, apparently, I don't know this. As I was listening, I'm curious to know your thoughts, guys apparently one of the main motivating factors for the David Buchanan to get back to major league baseball was to have a chance to apologize to Bryce Harper. He said, I just didn't expect I'd be in the same clubhouse as him, but I wanted to apologize to Bryce because that was one of my two regrets during my career that he threw that wild pitch in 2015 and he apologized to Bryce and they had a moment to clear the air. Oh my God. And I'm like, and he he allegedly went up to Bryce and was like, you know, I just wanted to apologize for it. And Bryce like, oh, yeah, the 2-0 homer back in 2015. I'm sure Bryce is like, what the heck? Yeah,
2: he's probably like, <laughs> yeah, man, that was a wild pitch. Like, I didn't even think twice about it. Was it was
0: almost 10 years yeah, ago. It right. is 2024. You're talking about a September 2015 wild pitch. But that is the David Buchanan that we are working with, that he is not only out here with a 9 ERA in yesterday's game, not good innings, but also is focused on. And this motivating factor apologizes to, apologizing the Bryce. Jamie.
2: Um, I don't really (laughs) believe that. Uh, But if that is true for him. um, He
0: talked about it with.
2: Weird. Very Weird lie. Um, (laughs) I don't know why you would lie about that. Or maybe he, I don't know. That's, I don't believe a second of that story but uh listen sure david buchanan post- that was your motivation for getting back to major league Post-game baseball game
0: after losing the game seven six after having a bad performance that's what he talked about it's a pitch that's what he talked about it's a
2: pitch yeah what are you talking about like man? why are
0: we talking about that you didn't have a good performance today what does that have to do with 2015 yeah so of course uh yeah there's david buchanan for you of course in that 2014-2015 stretch he made 35 starts we all know the the trajectory from there. But now he's focused on getting I would say bigger regrets
2: would be just getting like back. getting shelled in Major League Probably. Baseball and having a six-plus ERA. Uh, uh, having to go to pitch.
0: AAA and then pitching in Japan and South Korea and having to work to get back. There should be other things. So, yeah, there you go, guys. David Buchanan, 9 ERA yesterday, but he did at least apologize to Bryce Harper. But the other one, as you mentioned, that also had a really tough day, uh, Mr. Connor Brogdon, who finished with a 13-5 ERA because he also gave up a run and gave up three walks in two-thirds innings pitched not a good day for Bro-, Bro. He doesn't get a nickname. He gets a no Connor Brogdon he gets a full government name. I think they were hoping
2: he would revert back to two years ago, Connor Brogdon and look, he still might like, it's just one uh, appearance yeah. doesn't tell the story, but he's kind of trending in the wrong direction between last year and, and the first debut this year. Uh, hopefully he can get it together because he would be like, you know, the kid throws hard. He's got a nasty breaking ball. Like He just hasn't been able to put it together consistently. So uh, I think they're hoping uh, he becomes one of the, you know, that young middle reliever type that steals the job, but he's gotta go out there and steal it. He's got no guarantees to make the team.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, So I know in the chat, you guys are bringing up some various comments um, about the story itself from Mr. Buchanan. Yeah, it's a little interesting. It's a little interesting. I know Chris, Dave, you're saying it's phony, let it go. Um, Ray, you're apologizing for everything, and I feel bad about stuff I did decades ago. I understand it. For sure. for sure. And yes, I, I did see in the chat mention from Matt that the Phillies didn't even have Wits home run on video. You know, fortunately for John, he's down there watching everything and getting to see it live and in person, and anybody else that's there is able to do so. But for the rest of us, we're just reading about all the updates because that's the way that some sports are, MLS, MLB, NWSL, where you just get to read about these highlights. So you get to read about the games. You don't actually get to watch them yourself. So we're counting down the days until we get to watch games. For us, 15 until we're in person watching games. Nice. And 30 until we are all watching opening day against the Braves. Um, so as you mentioned though, Jamie, something else yesterday that did come out because as you talked about, not everybody went to the game. Of course, only the players that were playing went and Fortunately for those that went, they were all okay following a bus accident that happened on the way back. So on the way back from Fort Myers yesterday, um, there was a car that rear-ended the bus. Let me put my newsy voice. A car rear-ended the bus just a few hundred yards beyond the on-ramp of I-75 North. The bus suffered a scratch or two while the sedan suffered visible damage. The driver seemed to be okay, although his status is unknown. According to reports, Yes, that is true. Philly center fielder Johan Rojas and others were on the bus, stood outside the bus to await it getting checked out, and then returned to the bus to go back to Clearwater Wow, second.
2: riveting.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you're in a sedan, one of the last things you want to hit is a That horse. was Renee's tape for uh, <laughs> N- M- NBC Nightly News. Yeah. There
0: you go. You're
1: replacing David Muir story. coming for his job.
0: <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's like um, uh,
1: once I
2: had an accident. <laughs> Uh, I was a month away from owning, I had a 2005 Aww. Passat, and I was a month away from owning it, and right at the art museum circle, you know how it gets confusing?
0: So confusing. Yeah, I don't know who came terrible. up with that, Somebody, the, blew, the art museum is...
2: Somebody blew a red light across the circle up to Spring Garden as I was driving in the far right lane. So the point of the story was I had a new car. And this guy had a like 67 Thunderbird classic, which was basically a tank. And his car had no damage. And my new car crumpled like a cardboard box. Yeah, my car was totaled. His car was more or less fine same kind of thing there. If you're yeah. a sedan hitting one of those big buses, I don't like your odds.
0: Yeah, the bus just had a couple you're scratches gonna lose. and the, the sedan <laughs> yeah. had some major damage. So, fortunately, everybody is, was okay. Staff and players were on the bus coming from the game uh leaving JetBlue Park, but it was it was a little as I saw I was like, "Whoa, what's happening here?" Um, and then as I read more, fortunately, everybody was okay. Sosa, Union Marte, Ro, Yoro, there were others on board. So, fortunately, everybody is okay. So,
2: I had this thought yesterday. Is, is Sosa going to be trade bait for possible bullpen arm? Mm-hmm. The reason I was thinking this is because if Whit Merrifield can kind of – I know he's your best defensive yeah. replacement, but you can't have a bench of all right-handed hitters. Yeah. And if Christian Pache truly beats out J. Cave – J. Cave's holding on to life here because he's a left-handed bat on the bench – uh, Garrett Stubbs is, but you don't really want to use him in pinch-hit situations. Like, I wonder, I, I think somebody's getting moved this spring training.
0: I, I Well, yeah, I think Because it's I think you want to keep Cave
2: just for the left-handed bat aspect, and you don't want to move on from Pache because he's not going to clear waivers. Right. Um, and that so also, I, wonder I feel like
0: Pache is one that has been doing well.
2: Um I wonder if the same if in, Whit Merrifield displaces Sosa. If they feel okay about him filling in at third as well as second. I mean you need that shortstop replacement so Sosa might but yeah. they got they might move somebody like I don't know maybe they feel okay with Mitt, know, Whit playing Whit can, shortstop once say, every 3 weeks or something. Yeah
0: cuz I mean Rob was mentioning how he can literally play everywhere infield outfield um he didn't exclude shortstop or you know obviously he can play second base That's they said pretty much any position he said yeah he said any spot that he can play so i I imagine that i wonder
2: what's gonna happen there because you can't like as much as i think the righty lefty thing can be overblown at times you can't have a bench of all right-handed bats
0: no no exactly Um, i mean it would be interesting but i do think there's also on the flip side what would be Oh yes, yeah, he plays shortstop. Yeah, hypothetical
2: else? man with a great point. He says oh, stock can yeah. slide over shortstop true. some days. You've got and flexibility. And Whit can play second. I I really think, I wonder. I I think they're moving somebody. And to me yesterday on my walk, this was this was what I was thinking about. I love this. Uh, I was going. Glad you were
0: going for a walk.
2: Yeah, I I love going for walks. But I my th- <laughs> and I didn't have the kids, so I just had music in and and I was, you know, off in Philly's <laughs> la la land. And I was like, wait, it, you kind of have to keep Cave. And then I was like, well, Sosa, if Merrifield, like, they're going to so make a trade. That's,
0: and that's the thing that I remember when Rob was talking. I was like, "Ah, oh, this is the beauty of it all. Because you have, obviously, Bohm can play third. He can slot over to first if needed. Witt can play anywhere. Second is his main spot, but he can play third. He can play right field, left field, center field. You can obviously you stagger move, the day, you can move and Brandon Marsh over yeah. to center field. You can always, as, as mentioned, you can move Bryson Stott to shortstop. So you've got that, you know, opportunity to be able to move players around. And I don't, if you have someone like a Jake cave or, uh, you know, at Muno Sosa, that's right now their roles, not what made them valuable is not as valuable anymore because you got super utility man.
2: with And then, you know, if, if Weston Wilson has a great spring, like Mm -hmm. does he get in the mix? Jonathan might in the chat says I take Wilson slash Pache over Sosa slash cave. Now Sosa is like a good bench piece. Um, but is he worth jamming yourself up for? Right. When you could possibly move him for maybe a veteran bullpen type, yeah. Tyler, your thoughts on this? I know you're a Sosa fan, and you know he's a very good bench beast to have.
1: Yeah, I think there's versatility in Sosa, and but isn't there I, versatility in Merrifield? Of too? course there is. I mean, he's the ultimate versatility. But I, I think that you want guys on your bench that can play multiple positions, mm-hmm. and but Cave can do that. Which sure. can do that. Um, and Sosa can do that. Oh, would it be Sosa, Sosa or
0: Cave for you? If you had to choose, or Weston
1: Wilson? Would it be like or Sosa West or Wilson? Cave? I would keep Sosa. Um, but yes, I I don't disagree. The left-handed with, bat. Understood thing. that you need a left-handed bat off the bench, but so like Wilson is, you know, you can. He's an outfielder, uh, yes. right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could theoretically have him play some third. I think I'm going to look
2: it up right now, but I think he has played a little bit of spot
1: third. I think that's what I mean is like he, so he's actually probably a third baseman by trade and they put him in the outfield out of necessity, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that he's a, I don't think he's a major league third baseman.
2: No, but in an emergency, can you go stand there and look the part?
1: And actually, by (laughs) by the way, last year he played 79 games at Lehigh Valley at shortstop. Wow. Weston did? He did. Huh.
2: See, like, the more and more we talk
1: about this, like, I don't know. I think Sosa's the white man out. But in 2022, he played 43 of his 90-some-odd games from Nashville in the outfield. So, like, yes, there there's versatility with Weston Wilson. Um, Basically, your whole bench has versatility. Yeah. Exactly. I, I personally would take Sosa over Wilson. I think the glove's
2: better. Well, the glove's undoubtedly better, but Weston Wilson's bat is undoubtedly better. I agree. Assuming he translates given the opportunity oh, yeah. Agree,
0: and that's what rob was talking about for weston i mean obviously this past weekend we saw him hit a two-run homer um and for weston wilson he was mentioning he is that guy that had you know he's a 30 30 guy in AAA. a we obviously know the at bats that he can provide um and so he was mentioning this exact thing you know you've got wit you've got edmundo you've got you know, Garrett Stubbs, who are already slotted in for three of the four bench jobs he mentioned. And they said, you know, now the, the Phillies might want a left-handed hitter or a true outfielder for that last spot. So now is it yeah. Jake Cave who can hit left-handed? Is it Christian Pache who hits right-handed? Is it, you know, so he's saying they're going to look at a bunch of these different ways to work in that last guy. And it all comes down to if the Phillies want a true center fielder, a right-handed bat, a left-handed bat, a guy who can come off the bench and steal a base. So he's saying towards the end of camp they'll sit down and figure out the best way to go because there's definitely guys that you want to that you don't want to lose. I'll make my
2: take right here. I think Sosa's traded.
0: He mentioned. I mean, yeah.
2: That's Uh, that's my take on uh, February 27th.
0: Okay, I like it because I I I,
2: I, I don't think they want to give up Pache. I think they're very intrigued by Wilson, and then I think Merrifield just kind of displaces them a bit. So, um, that's my take. February okay. twenty seventh. That's where I was on my walk last night, Renee. It's normal to think about these things, right? When you're relaxing, oh, of course. Of course. Going you... through bench <laughs> players of the Phillies. <laughs> who's
0: gonna Who's gonna yeah. stay and who's gonna go? You know, that's that's <laughs> totally fine. Um, well, that being said, we did get the lineup for today's game that kicks off against the Twins. Everything's around one o'clock, one o five. Christopher Sanchez will get the start. And then also... Sunday was 107. Order, I know. It's like they pick a random number. 104, 105, 107. Six. It's always 10-something oh for the most part. Um, but you've got Trey Turner leading things off. Bryson Stott. Christian Pache. Hall. Wilson. Cave. Scott Kingery. Garrett Stubbs. Castro. And then Sanchez uh, is, is the starting pitcher. And as we know, as they have in, the Phillies have already indicated, Alec Bohm is supposed to be back from his next spasms Wednesday. He is doing better. And then that's when him... Bryce Harper and JT Romuto are supposed to make their spring debuts, So one more day until we see those three. But you know what you don't have to wait to see and what you don't have to wait to take advantage of? Opportunities to work with some of the kindest people that want to make sure that you are prepared for your house buying process. That's right. Over at Mortgage CS, yes, which stands for Mortgage Concierge Service, they're a white glove service located right here in Philadelphia, available 24-7, and they really want to make sure to help Educate and empower you. That way they're helping you find ultra competitive rates that work best for you and your family, not their bottom dollar, not their bottom line. And over at Mortgage C S, they also are available at any time of day to ask questions. If you have a question about who is possibly gonna be left off of the roster for the Phillies, or who do you think is gonna be, you know, a part of the 40, the final 40 man roster to kick off opening day? If you want to talk about the weather, if you want to talk about house buying, whatever it is, you can always reach out to Mortgage C S via email, text phone call their CEO Ben's phone number right here on your screen 267-391-7425 again 267-391-7425 you can always reach out to Ben he said he's available and always open to chatting with you about anything and you can also email Ben anytime Ben at mortgagecs.com. and when you hear the word mortgage think of mortgage cs think of Ben think of Alec who works at mortgage cs as well They're licensed coast to coast. They work with a a lot of different clients. They provide exceptional customer service. And then also they are helping to offer refinancing options. That's right. Including rate and term refinances for a rate payment reduction with cash out or cash out refinances, helping to tap into home equity whether it's for that home project or education, they're helping you get funding for it. So with Mortgage CS, they're always working to help you make a smart choice. So head on over to mortgagecs.com slash to get started today and make sure that you get in contact with Ben and Alec of Mortgage CS. Now this advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply company NMLS ID number 1464766 and you can visit mortgagecs.com for more information as the spring purchase market is heating up to make sure you are prepared to stand out and make the strongest offers possible over with Mortgage CS.
2: Yeah, once Ben and Alex help you get in your new home, you're going to find you want to build like a stable of people. You want to have, you know, you need your HVAC person, you need your, you know, lawn care specialist, you need your roof guy Well, it's good because I know I got a flooring guy with Empire today. We all know the jingle. Renee?
0: 1-800-587. Wait. Oh, no. Oh, no. 1-800-588-2300.
2: Empire. Empire. I'm not the jingle person, but Renee is. We all know (laughs) him. It's because they're the best, and they've been around forever. You get shop at home convenience with the right product. They simplify it for you because there's a ton of copycats out there. There's a ton of flooring models out there. And what they do is bring you the best product easily to simplify your life. They only bring you the best of what they've studied and used and had success with for their thousands of customers. So you're getting the best at home convenience with the best selection guaranteed. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring Uh, And of course, there's going to be copycats out there, but they can't beat Empire Today on quality. Uh, They won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in their own. Uh, You know, They've been around forever because they are the best, because their philosophy is to help you find what you need, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. They pride themselves on the at-home convenience where you're getting an honest, upfront advice. Uh, it's great. They service their own warranties. If an issue does arise, just call Empire and they will service <laughs> the warranties themselves. You're not going to have to track down some manufacturer's phone number. So schedule a free in-home estimate today and all listeners here at PHLY can get $350 off when they use the promo code PHLY. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com PHLY for details. Empire is the best. You'll find the best uh, experience with them. $350 off. Just use code PHLY.
1: Uh, there you have it. By the way, guys, I think the, the, to wrap up the uh, Sosa-Wilson debate, if a trade happens, that's different, Jamie, because... I think it's a trade. I don't think you just cut Sosa. Well, right. So Sosa, Sosa is out of options. Yeah, He has no options left. So they're not going to push him through... Those Wilson are, does have options. they're not going to push him through the irrevocable waivers because they will lose him. He's yes. gonna get he's gonna get claimed. Absolutely. Weston Wilson has two left. I yeah. think the best strategy for this team, if they do like both of these guys and they want to keep both of these guys, is to start the year with Sosa on the roster, unless, as you say, a trade gets facilitated, then it blows mm. everything out of the water. But if you're looking at just two guys and you're saying this guy or this guy, who's making the twenty six. Oh, Sosa's making it's it. It's gonna be
2: Sosa. That's why I think they move him because I just, like, yeah, he's a great guy to have on your team. Great bench piece, uh, versatility, all that. But, like, you kind of just know what he is. Weston Wilson, I think, intrigues people. Plus, you have the Cave Pache thing and the left-handed bat. So, I just think it's all of a sudden a crowded kind of bench area with Mm -hmm. Whit Merrifield here. Um, So, I, I, you know, if one of these... Covey's Nelson's Brogdon's uh Marte's if one of these guys doesn't kind of like and and I know somebody in the chat was like I don't worry about pitchers in the spring because they're usually tinkering and working on stuff and that's true but one of these guys has to have a good spring to kind of like take that job you know I think you can get one of those veteran middle relief types for for Sosa Sosa is something teams covet out there he's a solid you know yeah solid glove okay enough bat and versatile. So we'll see. Just the thought I had yesterday. We'll see if anything yeah. happens there.
0: And on the on the pitching side, we have talked about a lot of exactly the the tinkering that is going on. You know, Griff McGarry is working on his control and different things. Mick Abel, as we talked about yesterday, making some tweaks. Uh, Aaron start. Nola. Yeah, Aaron Nola, another one that's been actually making tweaks. I know we talked about it a little bit yesterday. And Zach Wheeler's um, adding a, a great, too. Yeah, there's a, a, a great piece tweaking. that came out about Nola and the tweaks that he's making around – You know, just wanting to be better at his overall approach being now that he's got a year under his belt of the pitch clock and how much he struggled with that. And Jamie, just looking at the fact that he's been able to work so closely with Kotham about, you know, going into it, finding himself able to slow the game down. And for Aaron Nola, he felt like he was overthinking the pitch clock. Which pitch clock am I looking at? Is it the right? Is it the left? You know, the mechanics of his pitch was actually the biggest thing that he changed. And it started last August that he started working on that. And I know we talked about it yesterday, but his ERA prior to August was a 4.62 in his first 30 games, uh, and then afterwards, in the final games of the season, a 2.27 ERA for Aaron Nola. And what changed was the fact that Nola learned what worked for him, being able to figure out how to introduce the slide step that was late August that he introduced that, being able to introduce some pitch timer adjustments, being able to introduce you know mentally even an approach to it that he felt like really helped close out the season. And Nola was talking about how he's hoping that that carries over throughout this entire season as well. And so do we, Aaron Nola, because the Aaron Nola we saw down the stretch is the Aaron Nola that you absolutely would hope to have this entire season, given the uh, minor adjustments that went such a long way for his overall delivery, management of the game, and just approach.
2: Yeah, he was. Uh, he got better at the end of the year because he was inching closer to an even numbered year. I mean, all that's good and well, but this is an even numbered year, so I,
0: it's all about the year. Yeah, like
2: you don't have anything to worry about. Aaron <laughs> Nola is going to be good this year. Uh, no, but it was a it was a piece by Alex Coffey on the uh, Philly Inquirer about him, uh, and it was very good. And and these guys and Caleb Cotham and their relationship and how mm-hmm. much you know, and the same for Kevin Long. There was a JT Real Muto story by Matt Gelb. Uh, how much they trust these guys yeah. and enjoy working with these guys and kind of take it upon themselves. And I think that's part of like the clubhouse magic here is everybody knows everybody's accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if JT Realmuto knows he has a hole in his swing, he's going to go address it and try to change something. Right. If Aaron Nola had these struggles with the pitch clock uh, and Caleb Cotham saw something as simple as switching from you know, the visitor bullpen clock to the home bullpen clock because it Mm -hmm. keeps his body more aligned. Uh, You know, I think that that adds to this team's likability uh, and respect for one another internally um, because everybody holds themselves accountable. Um, And, you know, it was was pretty interesting. You don't think about how much looking at a different pitch clock could affect you, but I think everybody Mm -hmm. last year in the beginning of the year was going, well, the pitch clock's got to be having an effect on NOLA. Um, it's gotta be, it's gotta be. And it, and it affected a lot of guys around baseball. Uh, but hopefully now that's something they're used to. And that, that excuse is eliminated. And it looks like Caleb Mm Gotham, uh, really helped him find something there, um, that should help him hopefully.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into a, a possible pitchers landing spot around the league, uh, our very own Andrew Painter also was talking about just the updates of his timeline and where he's at. Um, I know I was reading in his uh, different quotes that came out that he was talking about how the you know, there was an outside chance that he could pitch in the Arizona Fall League. The goals for 2024 for him, though, are not to have any expectations of a timeline. He's actually not focusing and he's been working with the staff of focusing less on the timeline of when he'll get back and just focusing on day by day, his progression. And so, you know, even looking back to last year, I know people have asked and wondered, and there's been the question marks of, should he have gotten the surgery? Should he have waited? Should he have, you know, all the should have have water's that people are wondering. And even his own agent, Scott Boris, was concerned at times about how fast the Phillies were pushing Painter to get back. He had a lot of different opinions. And Painter was saying, you know what, at the end of the day, I feel like it was the right move. You know, the data said, you know, based on where the sprain was, there was a good chance he was going to come back. But he said looking, you know, looking back, if he feels like he was happy that he was able to get the surgery and then gets back in, and into rehabbing properly. Because, again, Andrew Painter is only 20 years old, uh, you know, so even yeah, if he is to so miss the entire 2024, he'll be 21, next he'll year. Be 21 coming <laughs> yeah. into the Philly. So he's still so young and he does still have time to heal and get better and I know Dave Dombrowski was even mentioning there's no rush there's no need to rush him um and absolutely I agree with that so for Andrew Painter he was saying for for him and his approach, it's not about the timetable and of when he'll get back. He doesn't want to clog his mind with all the different scenarios and hypotheticals. As you all know, that's always a, a major distraction, but instead he's focusing on, you know, getting better. So he's been throwing from 74 feet four days a week. Um, he's, ear- you know, it's early on in his throwing program, but he is at least on the verge of getting back to um, and on making good progress at the very least. So keeping on him because we know Tommy John surgery, 12 to 18 months that can take uh, depending on how your recovery process goes. So glad to see that Andrew Painter at such a young age has the right approach and has been, you know, working back step-by-step to get himself back out there. Now, another guy that we've talked about a lot, listen, the Boston Red Sox may have stolen yesterday's game, but they possibly could have a bigger steal coming up, Jamie. Jordan Montgomery. Yes, yes, yes. So we have talked of course about the names that are still in the market, still looking for a home, Jordan Montgomery being one of them. And it came out yesterday That, of course, the Phillies are on one end waiting for Jordan Montgomery's asking price to come down. They're already into the second level of the luxury tax threshold. So any other signing is going to cost the Phillies millions in tax dollars. But on the other side, for Red Sox manager Alex Cora, he did speak with reporters saying that they met with Montgomery over Zoom a good old Zoom meeting before spring training. Oh, that, and that, that really according makes you feel their, I know. According to their insider, Peter Gammons also gave a much more detailed report indicating that it went very well. The Red Sox and Scott Boris had a great meeting recently and may get some deal eventually done on Jordan Montgomery. So the Red Sox, who have been one of those lurking teams that we've heard connected to Jordan Montgomery, seem like they may be coming in late. To make a steal for the 31 year old who, as we know has some ties to Boston um, and could be could be a landing spot for him, especially with the Rangers off the board, the Phillies waiting for the price to come down, and other teams that have involved been involved. It seems like we might possibly get Jordan Montgomery, Signing with the Red Sox breaking news this week. Coming up soon?
2: Mm, we'll see. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> a, a Zoom meeting. Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I know it's probably agent and GM. You know, like, but like, yeah, come recruit me.
0: But my thing is, like, like if I, I have, think it, think if I have a decent
2: enough offer elsewhere, like, yeah. and you Zoom meeting me
0: <laughs> in 2024, when there's you like, can hop on a plane off. and fly over. Yeah. Like, um, come not to mention me. you it's you so me close. It's so close to spring training. You're going to set up... I feel like you want to, exactly to your point, move this along. Zoom meetings, like step one. You should be further along in the process. Oh, get it done. But you is this mean? real or do you think this is more of a ploy of like a fallback just, option for them? I
2: think this is a sign of like uh, maybe Scott Boris doesn't really have as big of a market for Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell and, and Chapman as he thought he was going to. Yeah. I mean... <laughs>
0: Like,
2: this is kind of weird. I understand Bryce Harper, you know, first week of March, but we all knew what that was. There was the rumors at the Tide that it was tied to the MLB, the show cover release, and they did have it out at, you know, the signing press conference. Um, So I think that had some more, like, extra forces behind it, uh, marketing-wise, PR-wise, league influence-wise. These, I think, Scott Boris thought there was going to be multiple – uh, you know, six-year offers for 150 plus million for some of these guys, and I just don't think there is. <laughs> yeah, Blake Snell's probably going to end up with the Yankees, like, and, and the Yankees will probably get a decent deal on him. Aaron Nola is probably pretty happy; he got his deal taken care of and done mm, when yeah. he did. I just think these markets are kind of dry for these guys, and that just means good news for the Phillies because you know mm-hmm. Todd Zeilecki said it. If there's a one or two year deal, Dave Dombrowski himself said it on WIP. You know there's always that situation where somebody falls into your lap where you can't really say no uh is jordan montgomery worth going into the next tack threshold and losing some draft picks i mean it certainly pushes you all in so like look i can sacrifice a draft pick or two if it means the phillies world series odds increase uh you know whatever 150 points on on the odds meter you know, the longer this takes, I just think the Phillies lurk in the shadows as a real kind of dark horse contender here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know in the chat I'm seeing various thoughts. Uh, Jazz Fusion, you're asking about how many miles per hour. And what's up, Jazz? Nice to have you here. Uh, how many miles per hour is this Zoomer these days? Uh, and I know you guys are bringing up Snell being in a weird spot, hypothetical man. Um, you know, different <laughs> thoughts on. Chris, you're mentioning Scott. That is so Scott Boris. He's such an ass, and Boston will still be in last place. Um, yeah, I mean but- you have Raphael
2: Devers yeah. at press conferences, like straight up calling the team out, um, <laughs> going like, "Yeah, we need more." Everybody yeah. knows what our holes are.
0: Exactly. Uh, and then you have
2: Zoom meetings with Jordan Montgomery, like. And
0: it definitely what happened
2: to the Red Sox. The first John Henry,
0: what have I know? You also, I saw Jonathan might was mentioning earlier, like the the Red Sox just need content for their next their Netflix show. Um, but it is it is odd that you have a Zoom meeting right before spring training when there's, you know, he's ready to get a deal done. Spring training is getting started. Teams, I'm sure, are ready. To, they were ready to lock in. He's ready to lock in somewhere. Um, And to have a Zoom meeting is exactly, it's like a phone call. It's like, hey, can you call me? No, I'll text you instead. That's what the Zoom meeting is. Can we meet in person? No, I'll Zoom you instead. Like, you don't even think he's, if if it's not something uh, that's a priority to you, then you're going to meet over Zoom. If it's a priority, you're flying out to to connect with him. So very interesting the Red Sox brought up um, and in the mix for Jordan Montgomery. And as we keep talking about, the longer Jordan Montgomery sticks around, the better chance that the Phillies are able to get that price point to drop and see if they can uh lock in Jordan Montgomery. It'd be a great great addition for them. How
1: uh how many games do you guys think that this starting rotation wins? Lucas <laughs> Giolito, Nick Pavetta, Brian Bayo, Cutter Crawford, Tanner Houck. In the AL East, by the way. Uh, how many games do that do they win you? How how many games does that team win with a starting five of those five guys? Uh like 75 76? like, the, the, that's a possible hundred loss. Team. The Red Sox stink yeah. right now. Like really, and really you're stink having
0: Zoom meetings.
1: But, but here's the thing is like, even if you sign Montgomery, you get better. No question about it. You get much better. But I look at this roster and there's like three or four guys on there that I would want on my team. You know, like Rafi Devers is, is clearly that guy. If you want a DH only Mazataka Yoshida is a guy that could be on your team. Uh, Tristan Casas is an up-and-coming first baseman. I think he's going to be really quite good for some time. And then you got a bunch of dudes. Like Trevor mm-hmm. Story, I think, was at one point an elite shortstop, and now he's probably past his prime. You've got Vaughn Grisham, who you don't know what he's going to be yet. This is not a good baseball team. No.
0: No, not at all. And, yeah, it would be great to imagine. I know hypothetical, uh, hypothetical man, Ray, you know, you guys were talking about and even Jonathan might. Not many wins for the Red Sox, but definitely imagining the rotation for the Phillies with Jordan Montgomery, and it would be spectacular Matt, to see. Matt, Matt Deckert's
1: right. At least they're going to win at least six games. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. I think
0: I like you have. To, I think
2: you'd have to move Walker if you did sign a Montgomery.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you'd I, have to I'd, eat I'd be, some
2: money and kind of give him away a little bit. But teams yeah. out there would take Taiwan Walker with some money off the top. Like, he's a serviceable guy. I give you innings. I know Tyler, you know, we're about to get into the top five starting pitchers. I know Tyler was toying putting Taiwan Walker fifth. You know how much <laughs> I love Taiwan Walker. So I had, I had to talk to you down him. A little he's, bit. he's easily my favorite he's player. He's getting irrational. I wanted to put him number five. So I do think you could trade him if you, <laughs> if Jordan Montgomery did happen. Like, you could give away Taiwan Walker. Sure. You'd have to eat some money and... But you could, you could. I just got done. an oil change. I'll drive him wherever
1: he goes. <laughs> okay. I'll take him myself.
0: Well, last thing before we do get into our top five starting pitchers for the day, and I hope you guys are ready. Make sure you have your top five in your head so you can join with us. The conver- join in with us on the conversation, is the fact that uh, the Phillies are adding something new to their arsenal for training, and that's pickleball. Now, I do have a number of friends that play pickleball. Pickleball is on the rise. It's like pickleball, spike ball. There's new games that are coming out that are definitely getting a lot of attention. And for the Phillies, they call it Paco Ball um, because of the fact that it's their own Paco Figueroa, who has um, the outfield coach, who has really introduced this Figueroa. to them. For Figu- Figueroa. 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 Wow, now I'm jamieing this. Yeah,
2: you're, you're jamieing are I'm jamieing
0: on this. Figueroa. Paco Figueroa. Figueroa, excuse me.
2: Nelson Figueroa. I wonder if you're related. Paco Figueroa
0: has introduced this game to the outfield as a way to work on a number of things. And now pickleball does help with, and as Paco was mentioning, uh, or aka Figueroa, you know, moving different directions, your agility, having to drop to get the ball, going in to hit it and what's been helping the outfielders even with their communication. Plus, it's fun. I know we used to play soccer tennis for that exact reason. You know, playing something a little bit different that works on some of the mechanics of the game that still gets the competitive juices flowing is great for, you know, the team to have. And so they actually came into camp this spring and asked the grounds crew to find a designated spot where they could be out of the way and mess up the grass and be able to play. So to mark off, you know, four squares, 30 by 30, where they can have their own pickleball field, Pickleball is growing. I know last year, the Association of Pickleball Professionals estimated 48.3 million adults That's have played the game. It's a mixture of like ping pong, tennis, badminton. Yes, Mopar, while you're
2: here, the pickleball talk.
0: It gets better because they also have, they have not officially been keeping track for the Phillies of who's the best and who's the worst. But Christian Pache, the competitor in him, has been keeping track. A lot of the guys have been saying Pache's the best at, at their um, pickleball. And then Nick Cassianos has been included, but you know who's been the worst for pickleball? ball? Mm, Any guesses on who's the worst Billy? Bryson Stott. Bryson Stott. It's, it's okay. Okay. Interesting.
1: I hope for your sake, it's Johan Rojas.
0: Okay. Rude. <laughs> Giving petty. No, guys, it was Kyle Schwarber. It was a layup. You missed it. Kyle Schwarber has been the worst. And Kyle Schwarber even said he's disappointed in himself because he's actually good at regular pickleball but is not good at this version He's of pickleball. not good ball at ball. Because good ball at pickleball is a little different. Yes, pickleball is a little bit different and um, just how they've introduced It's not exactly pickleball. There's some minor tweaks to it. The guys have to use their non-dominant hand to practice glove, you know, their same glove hand. Um, they also aren't allowed to smash a ball because they don't want to hurt each other. So it's, there's some minor tweaks to the game. So although Kyle Shorber is good at pickleball, he's not great at Paco ball, which may not be a surprise. Guys. Well, you know
2: what Kyle Schwarber could be good at <laughs> because he's got lots of money to spend our 30% off sale. Spend,
0: spend, you spend. You might suck
2: at Paco ball, Kyle, but you don't suck in the PHLY <laughs> locker. Now through Wednesday, what? it's going to apply immediately when you go to check out 30% off the entire locker room right now, tons of great stuff on there. There might be, I've heard some rumors of more coming down the line pretty soon. But right now, some of the classics are up there, including the Attaboy Harper, the P-H-L-Y Philly shirt, the the baby blue with the maroon on there is very, very nice. I've had my eye on that maxi shirt for a while and the mad Russian hoodie. I know it's about to be springtime, but 30% off. I think I buy that now, stash it away for next winter. Uh, Good to go. Uh, So check it out. Head to allphly.com. Go to the locker room, 30% off your orders now through Wednesday. Take advantage of it while you can.
0: All right, all right, all right.
2: All right, all right, all right. Was that Kevin Hart? Yes, it is. There you go. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. I remember that one. That was was a
0: goodie. That was a goodie. Yeah, early Kevin Hart's good.
2: Now he's just overexposed.
0: Oh my gosh, we were just talking about comedy yeah. yesterday. His, his
2: original stand up great. But comedy great. in general
0: has gone down because, and this is a whole, whole left we can take, but real quick off the rails. In our opinion, we were talking about it yesterday after our union show. In my opinion, comedy has changed because back in the day, the Steve Harvey's and Richard Pryor's and different guys, Steve Harvey was literally living in his car, homeless, eating a bologna sandwich every day to go to his comedy show. The grind was different. Now it's social media, you have comedians that have a stage and a presence and a place to put out their comedy anywhere and everywhere. And it's not the same grind and struggle. And it's so that struggle would be a lot of their skits. They talk about, you know, being, you know, their, their upbringing, their family, whatever. It's just different. It's, it's totally different. So yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a fan of older Kevin Hart. All right. That being said, uh, let's get into our top five starting pitchers. Now, it is difficult (laughs) every day as we're doing these rankings, because they are, (laughs) yes, because it's our projections for 2024, and so we've had each of us something that was a spicy take, some of us more than others, and I'll be proud to admit, I've maybe brought something that was some surprises, but today I don't think I'm going to have any major surprises. I'm starting I'm curious to
2: see where everybody's five is, though, because I think we're probably are going to agree on four, and then Mm -hmm. once you get outside, like, the top four- there's like, honestly, Tyler and I were talking about it before the show. There's like seven guys you can all make a case for being that guy this year. Yeah, like we said, Taiwan
0: Walker. That's yeah,
2: Taiwan Walker, Christopher my Sanchez. My number
0: five, Taiwan Walker. Walker. You're kicking it off. <laughs> He's only <laughs> five. He's only number five. Coward. He be hired. Such a slight. <laughs> That's not even so right. Mean, poor Taiwan. All right. All right. My number five, starting off for 2024 projections. Again, this is where I think they're going to perform in terms of the ladder of starting pitchers in 2024 i'm starting things off with zach Gallen. last year was a major step Local for zach kid. in his exactly last year was a major step for zach in his progression as an eight a bona fide ace
2: <laughs> the first comment mickey durkin oh, wow! please do not mickey. put zach Gallen on mickey. the list it was like as right as you started talking Thanks, that was mickey that was great time right on mickey. time
0: mickey well yes oh. okay so last year in his 210 innings pitch he finished with a 347 era 111 whip 220 strikeouts. Zach Gallon. As much as we hate to admit it, guys, he is on the rise. He is someone that um, has been in the conversation of being an NL, you know, Cy Young Award winner. He definitely has improved and taken strides for Arizona. And as much as you don't want him on the list, Mickey or anybody else, unfortunately, I do think the progression he's made continues into 2024. Zach Gallon.
2: Yeah, Zach Gallon. I think is one of those seven guys that you could kind of make the case for. Um, you know, he's he's really good me personally, he's not my cup of tea. Like, and I said this to Tyler when we, we were briefly debating him, I was like, he's a guy right or wrong. I don't feel as though you don't have a chance against like when you go into a game against gallon, I'm like, all right, you got like a fighter's chance here, but he, he's a tremendous pitcher. Um, so this number five, <laughs> one was really hard, you know, gallon. I considered uh, a bunch of guys I considered, but I'm going to go a little bit out on the limb here. And I think Pablo Lopez Uh, i'm gonna go with at number five uh he had a 3-3 era last year his whip was a 1.1 like to see that lowered a little bit uh just about 10 strikeouts per nine inning uh only throws two and a half walks per nine uh you know 200 plus innings uh you know he or excuse me he can go 200 innings i think he was at like 185 last year um you know He's going to be that back of the baseball card guy. He's going to be a 3-5 ERA. Uh, he kind of had his emergence last year. I think he's going to keep it going in Minnesota this year. Uh, so I'm going to go Pablo Lopez, number five. Yeah, this uh,
1: this was really difficult to pick yeah, you five. Struggled. Are you going school ball, your man? No, I'm not. I really I, struggled. I got a couple five. of dollars. You got Kirby, your big I on. got a couple of dollars dabbled on a whole bunch of different guys to win the AL Cy Young mm-hmm. Award and. None of those guys are the guy that I'm putting at number five. So just to give you an idea, uh, Pablo Lopez, a couple bucks. Tariq Skubal, a couple bucks. George Kirby, a couple bucks. Well, it's going to be really hard for him to win the AL Cy Young in the National League. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the guy that I ended up settling on is a guy who's made 95 starts over the last three seasons. Mm. It's Kevin Gaussman. Uh, 185 innings pitched last year, led the American league with 237 strikeouts. The whip's been pretty consistently right around that one, one mark each of the last three seasons, a top 10 finish in the Cy Young each of the last three seasons as well. A season ago, he led the league in strikeouts per walk at 7.3. His walks rose a little bit last year. He went from a one four in 2022 back to kind of his average, which is two five across his career. He was a two seven last year. I think you're going to start to see Gosman slow down just a little bit, but he was a first-time all-star last year posting a 3-1 era this guy is a type of guy my thing with this this list is you've got to be the type of guy who can get me close to 200 innings even in Mm -hmm. a hyper-focused you know bullpen save innings analytics arm versus you know side type of uh type of league. Uh, you got to be a guy who can get me close to 200 innings. That's to why be Nola in this was so
2: coveted on the free agent market. Correct.
1: And for me, Gaussman is the type of guy who's been super consistent each of the last three seasons, uh, his final year in San Francisco and the last two years in Toronto. I really like what this guy does. He strikes out over 200 just about every year. Uh, Kevin Gaussman at number five for me. I used to bet Not overs right? when he was pitching in his early days, um, like regularly,
2: because he, he struggled for his first couple years in the league. And mm-hmm. I used to bet his overs and he's really turned the corner and, and been one of those guys.
0: Yeah. And my number four is a guy that's found a new home in Baltimore coming off of three straight seasons of 200 or more strikeouts. It's Corbin Burns. And I'm not chewing the let it burn song because he went to the Orioles. Now in his time with Milwaukee he had a career three twenty six ERA with the Brewers, which is top uh, for Brewers history for starting pitchers, but also for him to have in the last season, a 339 ERA, a 107 whip, and his 193 and two-thirds innings pitched, as mentioned. Finished with his third straight season of 200 or more strikeouts. We saw last year in July, he had a 185 ERA for the month of July, but then dropped off in the next three uh games, starting off in August. Gave up five runs or more in those two of those three games that he started. So Corbin Burns did have a little bit of a drop-off in. That part of the season, but I feel like with a new home, with a team that is absolutely a playoff or a, a, honestly a championship contender in the Orioles, I think what's most important about Corbin Burns, aside from his stats, is that renewed sense of excitement of being able to move from the Brewers to the Orioles and that he's going to have the opportunity to lift them up and turn a corner as a team. So Corbin Burns, number four for me, and I considered putting him even higher, but you'll see why he's number four, not higher. Yeah, I think
2: you can make the case that he's higher. I also have him at number four. You know, I think he's a guy, if you're you're betting AL Cy Young odds, he's going to be, you know, a little bit outside the front runner because of Garrett Cole, but I think he's absolutely a guy that can win the award, especially going to a team that's kind of ready-made contenders in the Orioles. Um, you know, that should carry him to the wins needed. And I think the rest of his numbers will speak for itself. You know, he's a 200 inning guy like Tyler was just mm-hmm. talking about. He's a 200 K guy. He has a sub one, one, uh, whip is three, three, which is beautiful. 32 games started last year. Uh, you know, low walk rates. This guy's an absolute stud and it feels like, uh, you know, he's been a sub one whip guy. Uh, let's see two of the last four years Uh, and the other year he was a 1.02 whip guy so you know his walks are as low as 1.8 per nine as high as Mm 2.3 this guy's really not good at throwing strikes and getting people out Uh, Corbin Burns is awesome and you can certainly make the case that he's a top three pitcher easily When we get to my number three, I'll explain why um, Uh I had him four and not three or even two.
0: Uh, But it's easy
1: to to make that case. So I got to be that guy, huh?
0: Be that guy. Be that guy. Be that guy. I
1: got to be that guy to not only break your trend, but to probably break a bunch of people in the chat's hearts. I'm going Zach Wheeler at number four. And Ah. the reason is it's an age factor, and that's really the only thing. And yes, I understand that Zach Wheeler could be the type of guy that pitches well into his late 30s, 38, 39, and still throws well. This is not a slight at Zach Wheeler to put him at number four on this list. But the reason that I put him at number four on this list is for the two guys ahead of him have one definable trait that I think or at least one definable trait that I think stands out above Zach Wheeler. But if there's a guy that I want taking the ball in the playoffs, there's not many guys, if any. That I would take over Zach Wheeler. But going into his 34th season, age 34th season, going into a contract year, I don't know what type of Zach Wheeler we're going to see uh, moving forward. I, I have an idea of the type it's got of a Zach, splitter down. I, I have an idea of the Zach it's Wheeler we're going to see you. this year, but moving forward, I don't know what that. Um, Time oh, no. of Zach Wheeler is. Randy just said he'll get hurt this year with that splitter. Don't I say sure, that. Randy. I sure hope not. But a uh, model no, of consistency. F- Fifty-eight starts. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> Huge difference. Huge difference. Sorry, Randy.
1: Fifty-eight starts <laughs> over the last two seasons. Three hundred and forty-five innings pitched to three-two ERA. Um, the difference being. Uh, Slightly higher whip than the next two guys that I'm about to put on on the list and slightly lower strikeout numbers than the next two guys that I'm going to put on my list. This is not a slight to say Zach Wheeler is the fourth best pitcher in baseball. I know you guys are going to have him higher, but uh, heading into this year, we're talking about projections. It's another year older. I I just think the two guys ahead of him are going to be slightly better.
0: Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, my number three, because again, I'm going with projections for 2024 the entire season. I'm going with Atlanta Braves' Spencer Strider. Now, last year in 2023, dominant season, leading the league in strikeouts at 281. Strikeout rate at 13.5, strikeouts per nine. His wins, 20. His winning percentage, 800. Only a fourth-place finisher in the Cy Young voting. ERA, a 386. His FIP, a 285. Spencer Strider has, has not gotten over the hump. Now, I can agree that the last two seasons for him and what I wrote was you know, the last two seasons go from 202 strikeouts to 281 in 2023, his numbers have improved from year to year. But that postseason hurdle has continued to be the biggest defining moment for Spencer Strider and the Braves as a whole. And so when I'm looking at starting pitchers, when I'm looking at who's the best of the best, I need to go with the guy that's going to come up clutch down the stretch and help his team win games. And while I'm not putting it all on Spencer Strider, that the Braves haven't been able to get past the Phillies, I can't put him ahead of the guy that's leading the Phillies. So Spencer Strider is my number three starting pitcher going into 2024.
2: I have Zach Wheeler number three. I (laughs) considered uh, putting Corbin Burns ahead of him. The Wheeler Strider thing I really went back and forth on. Uh, His playoff success has me ahead of uh, Burns and probably should have edged him out over Strider as well. Uh, but Strider is significantly younger and put up some really gaudy uh, K numbers. So I, I settled in. I felt comfortable putting Zach Wheeler third. Uh, he's one of the best postseason pitchers of the last 25 years in Major League Baseball. Uh, and that's all that really matters. Like, it, you're as good as Zach Wheeler is in the regular season. That's fine. You're, you know, you've become a Cy Young, pretty steady finalist here in Philadelphia. And then, oh, yeah, you elevate your game in September when it matters the most. Zach Wheeler has been absolutely tremendous here. One of the Phillies' best all-time free agent signings. Uh, They got him for a deal. They bet on his future being exactly this, and they aced that decision. You know, 200-inning guy, 200-plus strikeout guy, a sub-1-1 whip, uh, you know, that 3-5-3-6 ERA. Uh, But most importantly, when it matters the most, Zach Wheeler steps the hell up uh, and is, you know— Right there with Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in baseball, in my opinion. I, I you know, like the more I talk about this, the, um, mo- I, the more I should put him <laughs> to, i
0: I'm like your answer is giving number two. I
2: know, but Spencer Strider's a freak. I know, uh, and and I don't think it's a discredit to Zach Wheeler to put him third, um, because the playoffs, I weighed that much on the, the on the scales of judging a player when you step up when it matters the most. You know, that's all that really matters. So Zach Wheeler easily could be two. I, I don't think I could put him one, uh, but he's definitely a top three pitcher in baseball to me
1: yeah i i'm just gonna flip two guys here uh, on this list and i'm going spencer strider at number three um oh. just a tenth of a point point one era worse than zach wheeler over the last two seasons wheeler 3.26 to spencer strider's 3.36 strider's whip is a hundredth of a point better his 1.05 to wheeler's 1.06 really what it comes down to for me is it's the strikeout numbers, right, guys? Like, 375 strikeouts over the course of 345 innings is elite, and that's what Zach Wheeler did. Spencer Strider struck out 483 over 318 innings pitched. That is a 13.7 strikeout rate per nine innings pitched. That's bullpen stuff. That's, that's closer-type numbers where, like, you know, if your closer comes in and strikes out two over an inning, it's like, oh, my God, this guy's... You know, nine strikeouts. the only if-
2: guy that comes to mind with like thirteen plus K per nine rate is like, Chris it's, Sale. It's like
1: Randy Johnson's stuff. Yeah, like, you know Chris Sale's I mean? like Pedro one of the best Martinez in baseball stuff. Like
2: that's that's up there like historic wise. So
1: yes, I understand that despite the fact that Zach Wheeler threw twenty seven more innings, he only gave up six more earned runs. He gave up just four more home runs. The walk rate is in favor of Zach Wheeler as well, but the strikeout rate is just undeniable for me. Spencer Strider stuff is electric and he wants to challenge you. He's going to throw a lot of fastballs because he can. And quite frankly, one of the things that I hate about this guy, but I I admire as a baseball fan, is the simplicity at the way that he ramps it up. We talked about this during one of the watch parties when we were watching him pitch. It's effortless. It's like 98 with very little uh, exertion. And it's why he can throw 98, 75, 80, 85 pitches in. Um, Listen, do I like this guy as a Phillies fan? No. As a baseball fan... The guy's elite, and putting him at three is, I think, probably fair where he should be.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's get into our top two now, um, because my number two, and hit that thumbs up button in the chat while you are tuning in and share your thoughts on who's the top three and what your orders are. My number two starting pitcher, because of his postseason numbers alone, let alone with the fact he's a guy all reliable, especially when you need him most, he will step up, which, in my opinion, makes you a top player in any position, especially as a starting pitcher, it is, of course, Philly's own Zach Wheeler. As you guys talked about, the numbers in the regular season are astonishing for even off all of these guys in our top three or four. But when you look at the postseason success of Zach Wheeler compared to <coughs> someone like Spencer Strider, for the twi- and I'm comparing 2022 and 2023 collectively. For both of those two seasons, Spencer Strider had a 5-4 whi- ERA and a one four seven whip. Zach Wheeler, a two four two ERA and a seven a 0.73, sub one WHIP in the innings pitched. You have obviously Zach went sixty three and a third innings pitched in postseason, and because they didn't get far in the postseason, Spencer Strider of course fifteen innings pitched, um, sixty eight strikeouts for Zach Wheeler to Spencer's nineteen. Obviously, the Phillies went further, but a big reason they went further, as I mentioned before, is it starts at the top. It starts with your ace. It starts with Zach Wheeler. And for as phenomenal as the numbers are in the regular season, I get it. Spencer Strider, younger. And I honestly, if we're doing an overall projection into 2025, 2026, it's a different conversation. But right now in 2024 for this year, for this team's makeup, it's still Zach Wheeler at that number two spot. Last year, as you guys already hit on hitting with a three six one ERA, a one oh eight whip. Zach Wheeler is that guy, and I need someone that's going to step up when it matters most. I count on Zach Wheeler. He's not afraid of the big lights, the fans, anything else. He's going to come out and give you ace in the hole, Zach Wheeler, wheeling and dealing. He's my number two, and the only reason he's not number one is because there's a guy named Garrett Cole that's still in the league, but Zach Wheeler, without a doubt, is number two for me for postseason alone, guys.
2: Yeah, as I was talking about Zach Wheeler being in third, I kind of hated myself for Uh, Putting tight pants, stupid hipster mustache, (laughs) flannel shirt. Where's the next craft brewery? Spencer Strider. uh, Let me get on my, what is it? The lock 10 speed that the hipsters uh, ride their bikes. Like, uh, yeah, I have regrets. It's okay. Spencer Strider. I mean, 284 strikeouts last year. I understand, you know, the Phillies get to him in the postseason, but I feel like this is the guy, what, this is going to be his fourth full season in Major League Baseball, basically, and he's already this good. Uh, the future's bright for this this dipshit. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, he's a brave. Tell us, I, how, tell us how you really feel. Yeah, I got to take my shots. He's a brave, and I'm I'm putting him ahead of a Philly. I don't like the way I feel inside right now, Tyler. Uh, but he but he's incredible. I mean, he is from a baseball standpoint. Uh, 20 wins last year. You know, a sub one one whip with that strikeout rate. He's he's really good. He's got to prove it in the postseason, which is why I have the Wheeler over him. Regrets. Uh, but the guy's pretty tremendous, and he's young, and we're going to have to deal with him for a long, long time here in Philadelphia.
1: So, oh boy, this was uh, not the guy I initially thought I was going to put at number two, and then I dove deep into the numbers. And you almost forget how good this guy actually is. Mm-hmm. And I'm going Corbin Burns at number two. He's phenomenal. He's only going into his year 29 season and each of the last two or into the last oh, so two seasons prime yeah basically (laughs) uh over the last two seasons he's made 65 starts he's thrown almost 400 innings in those two seasons a 3.16 era Uh, not too shabby by the way we talked about strider strikeouts 483 Uh, corbin burns 443 over 390 innings 225
2: last year or something
1: Uh, something ridiculous his strikeouts per nine is still over 10 the walks is down to 2.7 uh the whip is Jamie. You talked about the whip. It was sub one. What? It's three of the last four yeah. years or two of the last three two years. Of the last or, four, yeah. Um four. And in total over the last two seasons, it's 1.016, which if you're giving up one base runner per one inning pitched, that's elite numbers. This guy keeps the ball in the yard. He doesn't give up a ton of hits. He's only given up 285 hits and 395 innings pitched. And he doesn't walk a ton of guys. 117 walks over the course of nearly 400 innings is pretty darn good as well. That's less than three walks per nine innings. Corbin Burns' stuff is electric. He's awesome. But more importantly, like this guy is just one of those dudes who knows how to pitch. Zach Wheeler knows how to pitch, right? I think Spencer Strider is finding out how to pitch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Corbin Burns definitively knows how to pitch this guy's elite. And I think he may be almost underrated despite the fact that he's elite. I'm going Corbin Burns. Yeah. You throw uh, a
2: 2.12 ERA one year and you still, I agree kind of underrated. What a great move by the Orioles. Um, Yeah, Corbin Burns is awesome.
0: Yeah, and with that, our number one, we all have the same number one. Uh, That is the one and only Garrett Cole, who still is in his prime. And listen, age is nothing but a number. The last five out of six seasons, Cole had 200 or more strikeouts, including as high as 326 Ks in 2019. Of course, the one year he did not. 2020. Garrett Cole is still the best in the game, still top pitcher, uh, and honestly leads the league in a number of categories. ERA last year, uh, finishing specifically last year with a 2.63 ERA, but overall top in whip at 98.98 whip, top in strikeouts, top in B ward, top in so many categories. Uh, the Yankees, of course, did not have a great season last year, but it still didn't take away from Cole's production. And unfortunately, the Yankees with a whole different look this year. It's scary times up in New York for what they're going to look like in 2024, especially because they still have Cole at the helm. Still that number one top dog uh, because of overall just the consistency, the production, the numbers, and the filthy stuff that he brings to the mound every time he's playing.
2: Yeah, and Christopher O'Donnell in the chat wants to know where Andrew Painter is on this list because he had a zero ERA last year. (laughs) I mean, that's a fair point. The guy can't argue argue stats. You can't do better than a zero ERA. Uh, Yeah, Garrett Cole last year, his war, 7.4. For a starting pitcher to have that type of war is freakish. A sub one whip, 222 strikeouts, 210 innings pitched, a 2-6 ERA. I mean, what's there to say? This guy's the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, I hate that he's on the Yankees. Good morning, Anthony. Thanks for joining the show. Hit that thumbs up while you're in here. What's up, what's up? Uh, Yes, Garrett Cole. I mean, there's nothing more to say. I'm sure Tyler will have a few more gems for you, but Garrett Cole is uh, very good at throwing baseballs. Yeah, this guy stinks. He's overrated. Yeah.
1: Uh, no, this guy is definitively the best pitcher in baseball. And guys, I- I'm not sure it's particularly close right now as good as the rest of the list that we've put together is uh led the American League in ERA last year with a 2-6 led the American League in 2019 with Houston with a 2-5 and guys over the last six seasons he's been under three four times 2.8 2.5 2.8 a really bad year for Gary last year, or two years ago, at 3.5. A oh, bomb. no. Wow. And then he came back with a 2.63 ERA each, uh, last season. This guy also, over the course of the last nine seasons, from 2015 to 2013, has made 259 starts. And that includes the 12 in 2020 mm-hmm. that, Renee, you were referring to. Which, by the way, if you... Average out a 60 game season, 12 is one fifth, which basically means Garrett Cole made every start that he was supposed to. So, yep. 33 starts each of the last two years, 200 innings pitch each of the last two seasons. And guys, not too long ago in Houston, he struck out 326 hitters. And last year, 222. The year prior, 257. 2021, 243. This guy is so good and he's not showing any signs of regression. No. And he's pitching at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, which is hard enough to do as it is, and like this reminds me of the time, like early or late '90s, early 2000s. And this may be a reach because this guy's a Hall of Famer, and to me, he's the top five pitcher of all time. But like the year Pedro was, the years that Pedro was dominating at Fenway in the AL East in the steroid Mm. era, and you're just like, dude, this guy's unreal. Garrett Cole was putting up those type of numbers, with the exception of like Pedro had that one season of one eight ERA. You're never going to see that from I don't know if you're going to see that from any starter, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. But like, that's the type of pitcher that Garrett Cole is. He's an elite arm, and he continues to be an so elite arm. So if Otani's pitching this
2: year, can, do, you, do you have him up there with him, or is it a, a close race
1: for you, or is he a clear two still? I think Otani's still a, a two. Yeah, I, I think, think Garrett Cole of def- is definitively still the best starter in and baseball. I say, just
0: because of the fact that Otani didn't pitch last year, I would have him still at number two. You know, I think that it does take time to kind of get back to that. But it's exciting and when you look at that starting pitchers, A, that Wheeler is right in the mix, but also you're seeing that, that comp- the competition um, closing in on the heels or trying to for Cole. But definitely that two, three, four spot is extremely competitive. K-Red, I know you're saying maybe both New York teams this year will blow it. Uh, and, yes, you can dream and hope that that's going to happen. But uh, as you guys are dropping in and we're getting ready to wrap up, I should say hit that thumbs up button. Uh, just some updates again. We know that the Phillies take on the Twins today, 105. That's getting started in less than an hour as Christopher Sanchez gets to start. The Twins actually just involved with the, in a trade with the Dodgers picking up um, Margo, Manuel Margot as Noah Miller heads over to the Dodgers. So that trade broke yesterday. So a uh, little minor roster move for the Twins. And let's get into our final part of the show, because it is our last week of this game. And I know you all, we all enjoy this game so much. Guess that, Stance, uh, because it's time to see who we've got today. Tyler, so how Tyler tough are we looking at? said it's really difficult. What were we saying?
1: The scale is 1 to 10? Yeah. Oh, no. uh, so 1 is, like, you should oh, no. get this in your sleep. And 10 is, like, um, good luck, God bless. Uh, this is a 10.
0: Okay. Oh, cool. So I'm just yeah. gonna exit now. Uh, <laughs> I'm just yeah, gonna throw is, a dart er, so I'm, early. I'm gonna
1: watch this guys. We just figured we could do we just figured out that we could do something so we're going to put up the this silhouette. Oh. Check this out. We just figured this out today. I think this is it. We'll this see. Is it? What you- Look
0: at you guys in the yeah, box, the torture chamber. But now I don't want them to see us because that's going to be frustrating. Um, just found 10? out we could just found out we
1: could do this is today. A ten out of ten. Yeah, is- I figured this is a really good time to bring this it's up because Mission Impossible. Oh, because shit. it's so hard. I wanna. I want the fans to see you. Uh, you guys suffer. But can
0: you give us a clue if it's my gut? Was like, oh,
1: this is clearly a so right-handed batter. Now I can see left-handed.
0: Yeah. See, I for. All no, right, I, I,
1: I will give you some hints on this one. Okay. Um, guys, unfortunately, I hate to do this to you. This guy's a switch hitter.
0: Oh, not again. Uh, 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 I, think I've,
1: I think I'm mentally tapped out on all the Phillies switch hitters between 2006 so and now. In this picture, uh, also, what you, what I'm going to apologize even a step further. This guy played 52 career games with the Phillies.
0: I knew it was oh going to be somebody that barely played with the team. This right. is a righty stance, though. I'm So, um, Kevin and Mickey, uh, Randy in the chat, you're saying righty, yes. It is a righty stance. Chris, I'm around with you. Great American ballpark.
1: Um, Okay. Oh, man. Switch hitters.
0: Okay. It's fine. Oh, I'm just, can you know can what? I even uh.
1: zoom in on you guys while we're doing oh, this? No. Look, look at the frustrations building oh, on no! your faces.
0: <laughs> dun, 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 dun.
1: Mm. Please
0: don't zoom in. It-
1: it's not a pitcher, hypothetical man. I can promise you that.
0: I was actually going to ask the same. It question. is not a pitcher. Like, are we getting a Cole no. hamels type no. curveball?
1: Okay. I will not do that to you again.
0: So I'm going to just throw out a random uh, name, pick uh, a name out of a hat.
1: This guy, right, I will I'm give good. you. I will give you one more hint. This guy had played, was on the team within the last four seasons.
0: Dang it then my answer is wrong okay let me go back right, I'm firing. try again i'm firing wow firing from the hip
1: oh i misspelled
2: that tire. there's an s instead of the double e there that's a wonderful <laughs> guess jamie right he played like uh, not a ton of games sure did
1: i i don't know how many he played Andrew Napper? it's a good guess though I'm just not sure if he was oh a switch hitter. I'll be honest,
2: fake, I'm not sure I the guy a you guessed was a switch hitter. That being a switch hitter drove me nuts. Because I, I was, was like, f- you're not good enough from either side. Just, just pick one and focus on it.
0: Okay, I might have an answer for you.
2: Castro, not a bad guess. Michael Martinez. Michael Martinez, wow. That is a name I haven't thought about in a long time, Ray. Johan Carmargo. Love that, Matt Deckert. I love I love this game just for the random names
0: that yeah. you like haven't
2: thought of usually because it was a dark period of Phillies baseball for a while there and I just like to forget twenty twelve to twenty twenty. Um, mm. Mine has not been said yet, but mine is equally as random. Uh, sounds okay. like a ball player, though. Sounds like a he's Cooperstown bound with that okay. with this name. Mine's wrong. Um,
0: Darn it. Matt, okay.
2: WYM it? Oh. thinks Matt Deckard is right with Carmargo. I'm not going to Car- ask Car-Margo. if I
0: heard a correct answer. We're getting a lot of answers in the chat.
2: Yeah, The more random, the better. A 10 on the difficulty scale and a switch hitter. This is tough. It's tough. All right,
0: Tyler, I'm going to text you. Okay. Son of a gun. Because you know what? I'm, I'm not caring as much. It's okay. You know, I'm trying to be better. Um, Ty Kelly. Ty <sighs>
1: Kelly. What a name. <laughs> Now that sounds like a ball player. Ty Kelly. All right, Renee's answer is locked in, Jamie's answer is locked in. So I will tell you guys. Give us the
0: breakdown. I'm so, scared.
1: the uh the unfortunate People part People think Matt's right. The unfortunate part for both of you is the the guy that is our guest played 52 games with the Phillies. Uh Renee, your guest played 309. I don't
0: I didn't have time to look that and, up
1: and jamie yours played 301 with right. the phillies oh wow it felt like so, so much less not, okay, wait. not in either of them no. uh, so i will tell you that, guys this uh renee went with andrew Knapp. it is not andrew Knapp. uh jamie you went with andres blanco it is not him either i can't believe he played 301 games 300 you know actually spent the most time in his career with the phillies
0: have you heard a correct answer in i the have chat?
1: i think matt decker got it right yeah. johan camargo
0: is it Yo-Yo, It's uh,
1: one of the best guesses I've ever seen. It is Johan Camargo. Wow,
0: Matt wow. Decker. Somebody
2: buy that man a beer. That is impressive. Johan's got a little chunk to him in this picture.
0: Yeah, he does. I don't know if it's the angle, though, because it's kind of like you're getting more full body instead of like side profile. Matt you know?
2: Decker, congratulations. Matt, how did
0: you pull that one out? That
2: is true Philly sickness right there.
0: Yeah. Everyone's like, that was a good guess. That was a good guess. Impressive.
2: Uh uh. Well, I'm blown away that uh, Andres Blanco played 301 games. Yeah, I didn't think it was that many. No, I thought it was like maybe 100.
0: Yeah. Well, the switch hitters always always get you. But again, congrats to Matt. Well done, my friend. I feel
2: like I should Venmo you a beer, Matt. Throw your Venmo in the chat. I'll I'll buy a beer. Johan Carmargo. That is. Venmo you a beer. Yeah.
0: Not money for a beer, just the beer. Well, I'll I send you, you like eight yeah. bucks.
1: <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll send my Venmo. Uh, Chris
1: agrees. Chris said, "Beers on me." Yeah, so. let's, All let's right. get it
0: rolling. Get some Miller Lights for Matt. Winner, winner, Miller Light dinner.
1: Yeah, Miller Lights on us, Matt, Woo-hoo! coming your way.
0: We've got um, plenty of Miller Lights for you. Speaking
2: of Miller Light, uh you know, opening day is thirty days away. We are going to be down at yes. the sports complex. At the Bet Parks venue, right down the street from the stadium, I almost forget. We'll be doing some giveaways, some Miller Light giveaways. I'll be drinking some Miller Lights. So Renee and I will be hanging out with Tyler. So if you're going to be down that day, maybe you can carve out a little time, stop by, give us a go, fills and a high five, <laughs> uh, and we can we can hang at Bet Parks there and have a great opening
0: day yes it's so soon guys 30 days away we're getting closer 30 days. it's happening we'll be able to actually watch game then i know was asked where we can watch today's game that's you know getting started in now 50 wait math 40 oh i can't matt
2: deckert one Fifty. Right. matthew deckert one i'm sending <laughs> I'm you trying a to do the math really light on me matt it's coming your way johan carmargo I'm, I'm impressed that was
0: 47 minutes until game time There we go. Matt. Matt. So that being said, as Jamie is Venmoing Matt for his winning of today, because that was extremely impressive, we'll be back again tomorrow live at 11. We're going to have our own John Floyd is going to be joining us. He's been traveling with the team, so he hasn't been able to join us live on the show because, of course, game time, not truly after we get off the air. So he'll be giving us some updates from down in Clearwater and what's going on with the Phillies. Of course, as Jamie mentioned, follow us subscribe because we have events coming up we've got takeovers going on as soon as today at chicken and the egg with the sixer show we've got a lot of great things on the horizon that you guys can participate Eight dollars
2: coming your way um, matt decker that's probably two miller lights
0: that's impressive yeah and a little tip right. for your bartender there you go so enjoy the rest of your tuesdays we'll have some cocktails for you as the cocktail club is getting uh started soon we'll have some more drinks coming away more recipes more fun things guys here on phy fleas podcast for tyler jean and myself renee have a terrific tuesday we'll see you back more tomorrow 11 a.m be there be square bye guys <laughs>